1: Welcome to the Field of 68 Best Bets show presented by Bet Rivers. We are Three Man Weave. We are here to talk to you about college basketball and the Thursday slate of college basketball games. Betting. It's fantastic. We love it, Jim, don't we? Hey, takeaways from yesterday. What'd you see
2: out there? I saw that Drew Pember is an absolute mega monster. He, he is. My boy. 48, 12, two, My boy. 2, blocks. 8 of 10 from 3. Wow. Giant win for Asheville in overtime. Actually, the third 40-point game, third 45-point game in the past week. Shout-out to Trenton Masner of Western Illinois and Matt's boy Marcus Sahonis. Uh, had a big one yeah. for the beach. Also, I think that was in triple overtime, but it counts. It still counts. Uh, so some big mid-major scoring explosions, Matthias, caught my eye. Uh, Kai, I'll go a little off the beaten path. They're talking about Dayton.
3: Hmm. The, um, the rumors about a resurgence were overblown. And I think I started those rumors. Maybe I didn't. I, it, whether I started with it or I hopped on the bandwagon, uh, that bandwagon has crashed and burned. They just lost at Rhode Island last night. Rhode Island was up most of that game. Um, George Washington lost there just before crumbling at home against VCU before a semi-impressive and not really winning against Davidson. Like Maybe the Flyers just are too far behind the eight ball at this point in the season with all the injuries they've had to like ever touch or scrape the surface of the ceiling that we thought they had. That's That bums me out. That does. That bums me up. I like yeah, that team.
1: I don't really have an answer for that one, Matt, because uh, Dayton, what, covered seven straight games, and then they have not covered four straight <coughs> games. It's like getting Malachi
2: Smith back was a bad thing. It disrupted. Range. They had just figured out somewhat what they were, and now mm-hmm. they're kind of back to like, all right, who's packing order? Mongolian Mike gets benched really quickly now because we got to give Smith minutes. It's weird. Hard to figure them out indeed uh my takeaway i'm putting texas tech in the graveyard
1: uh yikes red raiders um you know i know they're missing amac i don't i didn't care I, I still thought they could cover that game i wonder if there are any tech fans out there calling for mark adams to be fired he's not the best guy he's not the best guy off the court his team is struggling maybe it's time to move on for mark adams i don't know wow, I mean,
3: really that quickly okay
1: if he was that. a better person, I would say no. But I what I've heard, I I just dislike. No, him. I,
3: so that, that that's all fair. That's fair. Uh,
1: that's also, fair. UConn lost again. By the way, they're five and six in the Big East, but they're sixth in Ken Palm and seventh in the net. Go figure that one. They'd be favored against almost every single team in the country on neutral. And I'd Crazy. bet
2: against them Crazy. in a lot of those scenarios
1: because they're yes. not that good anymore. <laughs> I know. Yeah, Xavier Xavier rocks. By the way, love Xavier. Those uniforms, interesting. They looked like Pitt last night. Very interesting. I liked them. Yeah, I like that color scheme. All right, let's move on. Arizona at Washington State leads off the show. A little Pac-12 battle here. Matt, Arizona's firing right now and no doubt has revenge on its mind after Wazoo beat them in Tucson. What do you think about this one? I think it's a five-point spread. Arizona's laying five on the road. Uh, it's home. a great...
3: Sp- on the road, sorry. Uh, yeah, on the road. Yeah, they got, they got beat at home uh, at Mikhail by Washington State. So you kind of like the spot there from that angle for Arizona. Um, but I do think there's something real in Washington state's DNA. That is a good matchup against Arizona. Like they have real size up front. Uh, Mogey is like fully back. Now he's a force, like one of the few guys that can somewhat neutralize ballo, uh, two is kind of a tough cover for anyone, but, but again, they have length, um, and they're with Bamba back. Like their guards still don't excite me, Jim, but there's a little more, you know, it started to come together to some degree. I just like Bamba when he's in there, he puts, Pal in the right spot. He puts Mullins in the right spot. And I look at this Washington State team, and I see the team I loved preseason. Um, and again, in the, with the matchup against Arizona, uh, I, I do like that. But not going to bet the wazoo, the wazoo, uh, with this spot in favor of Zona.
2: Yeah, the revenge thing's solid. This I, the spot is a little tougher for Arizona. Like they just had two like awesome. It just be UCLA too, yeah, and, right. and and dominated USC. Like that was kind of you know rising back up to where we thought they could be. Uh, I'm curious if Washington State controls the tempo big time here. UCLA was able to do that against Arizona, forced them to do a really half court game. Like, kind of impressive that the Wildcats were able to beat UCLA at that game. Um, and Wazoo did that in Tucson, a 65 possession game. Those, those are the only two games below 60 or below 70 that Arizona's played since like, the start of December. So hmm. uh, it's, it's it's tough to do, it's tough to slow that team down. Uh, kind of not a lot historically between these two because Lloyd is new, but they should be very familiar with each other from time in the WCC. Uh, I think that kind of usually helps the underdog, the familiarity. It can kind of make the game a little bit slower um, and look what Washington State did in the first meeting. But yeah, I, I think Arizona's kind of rising back up a little bit here. They had a very cold shooting stretch. I buy that they're actually a, a good shooting team. Mm-hmm. So um, not going to get in the way right now.
1: Yeah, cold indeed. They were four for 25 from deep in game one against Wazoo. Wazoo was 12 for 28. I, a bit of an anomaly there, but the spot is kind of confusing, challenging here because Wazoo was off that mountain trip. They were 0-2 in that game. We know Bombas missed a few games out, in and out of the lineup certainly have affected their uh, their ratings for sure. Um, but I think Ozona kind of outclasses Wazoo in talent, and they have been much better, like I said in the last couple of contests. Four and a half, five seems like the right number. I probably have a slight lean towards the Wildcats next game here, Purdue at Michigan in a big 10 tilt. Jim, for me, you got to know the status of jet Howard. If he's in, I would play Michigan. Michigan's nine Oh, and one against the spread in their last 10 games against Purdue. I'll say that again. They have not lost a single game against the spread in their last 10 to Purdue. That is wild. Purdue hasn't won in the Chrysler center since 2018. Who do you like in this game?
2: I'm with you, Kai jets in there. Plus five for Michigan. Yep. Giving that, I, I'm I'm all over it. Howard and Martelli, like you said, they're five and zero against Painter. The, the the further back goes with uh, with Mr. Beeline, but I think that matters a little bit. They've been able to game plan against one of the best coaches in the league consistently. Uh, they're actually four and one straight up too, uh, the the Martelli Howard combination. But Matt, does Michigan have enough firepower if Howard is out? That's where I get a little bit hesitant. So I can't fully recommend it right now without knowing for sure what his status is. I think it's it's pretty dicey, like true 50-50 yep. type stuff. So I'm just going to wait and see.
3: Here's how I handicap this. I, I'm probably just being stubborn here. I Obviously, Howard matters. The on-off stuff doesn't portray him as like some world-beater beat, world X factor, but I do think he's very important for a team that generally isn't that deep with offensive firepower. Like They really rely on Dickinson to open up everything on offense, uh, and they will especially if he's out tonight. Um, but but I still like it without, without Howard in there. I basically put him at like a 20% chance of playing. If he does, I think you're getting a little bonus value, clearly, but um, I still have this closer to three without him, Mr. McKeon. Just think it plays like a very ugly, uh, low-scoring, traditional Big Ten-type game. Michigan's defense, I think, is the underrated part of this handicap. Um, I think they can match up well with Purdue. I like backing the younger backcourt at home. You know, Purdue's guards are young, so are Michigan's. I like the home team in the better spot. Just seems like an ultimate get up the number one team here. Great performance, gritty, even without Howard Kai. It's actually my best bet. Michigan plus five. So oh. taking the Wolverines. Yep. I'm going to ride that head to head dominance trend.
1: Yeah. Like I said, if Howard's in, I- I'm taking it too. I think five's way too much, but I kind of think he's going to be out. Um, Hoop Explorer, he's uh, uh, Michigan is 108.9 points per 100 possessions when he's on the floor, 101.3 when he's off on offense. So a lot better on offense when he's on. However, Defensively, they're a lot better when he's off the floor. Now the sample size is pretty small. He plays a lot of minutes here, um but when the net difference is only two points per hundred possessions, hmm that makes me think a little bit. Dickinson versus Edie is going to be awesome. Uh, I'm excited to watch that that battle, that bout here. Again, I need to see Howard in the lineup, but I root for Matt and his best bet. UCLA at USC. We're flip flopping Pac-12, Big Ten. I know what I did on the outline. I know I should have just kept it. And you know, more okay. order that makes sense, you. but I went back forgive and you. forth. Uh, USC usually plays UCLA pretty close, Matt. Uh, last game, two point game. Last year, three point and seven point game. Do you think they play the Bruins close once again? They are dogs by, I think, five points right now at home to UCLA, four and a half at Bet Rivers.
3: Yeah, similar to the narrative I just spewed with Washington State, Arizona, I think there's something real to the USC, UCLA head to head. Well, I guess just more recently, just look at last game. Um, USC gets down big, but they rally all the way back, almost stunned UCLA in Pauley Pavilion. Their length and size is very real. There's no Mobley this year. There's no, um, you know, they don't have like a proto prototype five-star interior fulcrum, but they are still super long all across the board. They defend well, like they're getting better play from their guards. All that said, Jim, I think it's a great spot to back UCLA. Um, I'm not going to give USC much credit for home here at all. I think they're sort of alerted by the fact that they almost gave that away last time. Um, I just, it's the right spot to take a short road favorite. And I'm still a UCLA guy. I think you're getting a cheap price to back him.
2: Yeah. UCLA off a loss like that, too. I think that's, that's solid. Um, you mentioned Kai USC against UCLA, Enfield five and three against the spread against Cronin. Okay. Not much, but covering by an average of five a game, like mm-hmm. he's been really good against the number, just a couple that have been close and not been able to get over the hump. With it being a lower number at home, I almost think that that's disadvantageous. I, with, home not meaning much in this rivalry because of the, the proximity. I kind of like the road team more, uh, especially if you're the dog and, and getting points there. Um, and, and I think, yeah, Matt's point about uh, potentially getting UCLA in a better spot matters. And saw some of the chat ask about the under, I'm really close to taking the under here. UCLA is like king of playing way, way slower in yeah. play. Uh, they've been doing that big time. There's just some shooting regression stuff that kind of spooks me we, we could see like a hot shooting game that goes over an in, in efficiency type thing uh, so it would be under if anything for me Kai, on total but uh, i haven't officially bet it word is ras played the over
1: in this game game one played 59 possessions um in the market certainly overreacted to the opening line here as i forgot who pointed this out ryan N pointed on the chat the total opened a lot lower than it closed last game probably an overreaction but 59 possessions is no joke And should we expect the game to play out any differently pace wise? I I don't know. Um, Game one, UCLA got up by 18 points. They were controlling USC. They let off the gas. I think they handled business in in this game. I think UCLA takes it. I I lean towards the Bruins back to the big 10. We go. I promise we were flip flopping and we are indeed. Iowa is at Michigan state. It's now at minus two at bet rivers gym. And I'm intrigued by Sparty. I just can't really trust him without Malik Hall. They are 2 and 1 against the spread without him recently. That Indiana game was gross and I just think he's still so important to this team. Yep,
2: yeah, I think he matters a ton uh, and so even despite some of those more recent numbers, maybe the line actually has adjusted a little better for him after the the first stretch where he was out and they were pretty abysmal uh, against the number Not much history data between Izzo and Fran. Well, well, there's 20 matchups, but like they're basically coin flips. Both uh, record and margin indicate it's just close every time. There's nothing to to sniff out there, unfortunately. I actually do like the under, though, Matthew. Uh, I'm seeing Red also say this is a potential Raz under. Um, I buy it. A lot of stuff I'm looking at also backs that up. Five of the last six, I believe, between these two have gone under. Uh, it's just, they've been really high totals, like 150s every time. So there's going to be points, but um, I kind of buy that. I, I think Michigan State slows things down a little bit. This isn't quite the same potent Iowa offense as we've seen in the past where they've had Garza or Keegan Murray to play through. Chris Murray's great, but he's not national player of the year for team All-American quite level. Um, so uh, any, under, if anything, side, I, I got nothing on that.
3: Yeah, I mean, like Michigan State's I think last two real close barn burners, I think that was Michigan- um at home uh, I guess Rutgers was a little bit higher scoring 127 but yeah I do think this does play like a traditional throwback Big Ten game um a little bit slower than probably what's baked in to the pace largely because of Iowa kind of side I don't have a hard take here I think the Malik Hall factor is just huge so I, I basically put Michigan State on my no bet list until Malik Hall back and consistently effective I, I just don't know what to make of them until he's back
1: yeah, I pretty much agree with that. The home floor is really strong. And as the chat points out, very astutely, excuse me, I do think the guards can have a field day with, with Iowa's defense, which is the second worst in the Big Ten. They, they just don't really guard. They're porous. But I'm not sure Michigan State really stops Iowa either. I'm not sure they have a, a matchup for Chris Murray. Uh, Rabracha is is a tough matchup, even though I, I do think Sissoko is a pretty good defender in his own right. Patrick McCaffrey might be back. He was supposed to be back last game. I wouldn't be surprised if he played. However, Iowa's 4-1 and without him. They might not even need him. Eileen Sparty at home, but again, I'm wary without Hall, so probably staying away. I got Jimmer as my chat mob guy today.
2: My chat czar. Jim, what do we got? A team that came up on our internal discussions here right before we went live, Kai, South Dakota State. A couple people asking about them. Minus one on the road at St. Thomas. They've taken a little bit of money as a road team here. They've been much better of late, but St. Thomas absolutely kicks butt at home. So I'm not really looking to get in the way of the Tommies in this one. It's very frustrating, this Jack Bunnies team,
1: Jim, this season. Every single one of their lines, I would have smashed in the preseason. I thought this team was going to be really, really good, like they usually are. Injuries have really affected them easily, an Apple being out most of the year has sucked the life out of them. And it's a shame that I don't feel confident in a pick them
2: basically, against St. Thomas of all teams. So I'm staying away, Jim. I'm staying away. All right, Matt, from Ryan A. SIU Edwardsville, minus two at Tennessee Tech. Another instance of a road team taking a little bit of money. Get betting up to a favorite here we do love the cougars i think the money's probably moving it the right way here i'm not a huge buyer on tennessee tech what about you
3: no i've tennessee tech has been a team that i've felt like has more talent than their performance indicates i just don't think that well coached um and a good spot to back SIUE, who we love off two straight losses against good teams in good spots so i think we actually get a a subtle buy low here on our cougars kai
2: Uh, Another one, multiple questions asked about a big one in the big South. Longwood at Radford. A little surprise to see Radford minus one and a half, minus two at home here. Ty, what do you think? Radford's been really good this year. Really good. Been impressed by
1: them. Certainly have lost games fading them. But man, you don't see Longwood as a dog in the big South very often. It might be the only time you're going to get them as a dog unless they play at Asheville later on this year. I kind of lean towards Longwood, but again. I've been terrible fading Radford this year. I'm
2: not going to do it. Yeah. Radford's legitimate. Uh, a couple from the a Sun, Matt, you'll get the first one Stetson at Liberty, Liberty laying 14 at, at home. Stetson's been a dynamo offensively. We talked about the our action network pod. Um, also, do you have a take? Some people ask about it, If there could be an efficiency based over in this one, which I, I kind of buy.
3: I kind of like Stetson. Like, I know it's been a fool's errand fading Liberty in conference play, and I just think they're at the absolute apex of their price. I mean, they're, what, top 60, 40, top 50? I don't think this team's that good. Stetson can shoot, soften up the pack line a little bit. Um, I mean, getting stops is always a chore for that team, but I think they compete here, right? I think it's a big number, too big.
2: It does seem a yeah, high. It's really high. I would have taken it, but I don't want to fade Liberty in conference right. play. Kai, speaking of, Ace on conference play. Eastern Kentucky, minus two at Ballerman. The Mm -hmm. young EKU talent seems like it's really sort of coming together right now. We're seeing them rise up to standings a little bit here. We love Bellerman, but a little bit shorthanded. What do you think of this
1: one? I love EKU. I've been on them several games in a row. Uh, They did not cover last game, I believe, but I think they get it done tonight. I'm on EKU. Um, Finding information on players for Bellerman is impossible, but Peter Suter missed last game. He's really important for this team. Uh, uh, Davenport complimented him endlessly in the summer, and he's been one of their main ball handlers. He's one of their best passers as well, kind of a leader. He was out last game. If he's out
2: again, I love EKU. If he's in, I like EKU at minus two. There it is. Uh, Southland game from the Paris. I'll take this one. Houston Christian at Northwestern State. Northwestern State's very talented. Seems like they kind of wax and wane in terms of focus, though. And Houston Christian's weirdly kind of feisty this season. I I think they hang around a little bit Likely high scoring because Houston Christian's defense is a true layup line, but they've found a way to score consistently. I think they can keep it inside 12. Uh, Matt, to you for Fairfield at Mount St. Mary's. A couple of questions about this. I saw someone say total higher than 120 for Mount St. Mary's. Smash that under. Maybe, but Malik Jefferson missed last game. Their main big man, which, which tilts them a little bit towards over and a lot of their ugly unders have been without Benjamin, without Thomas, some of their key scores, and those guys are back. So what do you think of this game?
3: Yeah, I kind of want to fade Mount or fade Fairfield off the Siena win, to be honest. Um, but Mount St. Mary's just isn't quite healthy enough for me. Um even with uh they're still they're down two starters, right? They're down Jefferson, I thought one more as well. I just I like this team. They have it hasn't been a full team though in a while. So I'm just not gonna rush and lay money until those guys are back. <laughs> right,
2: I think Kyle, it's just Jefferson th- but yeah. The,
3: yeah. just say, okay yeah. i'll have one more out
2: Kai, first tip of the day is appalachian state hosting georgia state yep app state a six and a half point home favorite georgia state maddening team to figure out mm-hmm. have you figured them out
1: no i wanted to bet at bet app state uh it opened early at five offshore and naturally that got slammed i think people assume dwan odom is out for georgia state if he's out georgia state i don't think he has a chance in this game uh App State six and a half. Boy, that's high. Man, if Odin was in, I would
2: probably put punch back and, and take Georgia State. All right, Matt, last one before we go back to the outline. Huge one in the whack. Your Seattle Red Hawks. Road dogs at Sam Houston State. Uh Sam Houston laying six and a half here in this one. D- do you think the uh the Redhawks can stay rolling? They're undefeated in whack play, I believe. Or do they just drop one? Shoot. I don't know. Off the top. Nope. They
3: are undefeated. No, they just beat Southern Utah by 21, um, which is kind of why, like I'm looking to fade him here. Like I think Sam Houston's the best team in this conference. You're getting the best team motivated coming in, playing the team who's undefeated. I think it's a great spot. Um, is the number a little bit high maybe, but um, I don't think it's like a, a bad price. I mean, Sam Houston is, you know, I think they're worthy of laying six and a
2: half to this team. Um, I don't know. Is Seattle this good. I'm not quite sure I buy it. I would certainly link Sam Houston. Could you comp it a little last night to Furman, arguably the best team hosting the undefeated team? Yes, and I like that angle. Furman did cover in overtime; it was a, a dicey one for him. But um, I, I do like that that incentive angle, where somehow like it's, you have it's the, the better
3: team, and you kind of it like instru- an extra motivational, like oh, we're you know, the like underdogs you, or something. I don't yeah. know.
2: Yeah, you're not winning this. You're not, you don't have a chance at winning this conference if you don't win this particular game. So that's that's kind of the, the whole better thing team said. with
3: something to prove. That's what I'm. It's better team with something to prove. That's the angle. Yep. Boom. Kai, write that down.
2: <laughs> Take notes. All right, plenty of questions left in the chat. Uh, Grand Canyon, Wilmington, Queens. A lot of games have been asked about. We'll hit them in the second section. Kai, back to you for the outline. Hey, back to the Pac-12 we go. A lot of Pac-12
1: games today on Thursday. Colorado at Oregon. Oregon is such an enigma, Matthew. I don't know what to do with this Ducks team. One minute they're on top of the world. The next moment, they're diving into dumpsters, but the Buffs are also a pretty weird team as well. They're ranked only one spot behind Oregon and Pom. In Game 1, they won by 27, despite missing KJ Simpson. The Ducks were 1 for 14 from 3.6 points per possession. Yikes. Who do you like in this game?
3: I think the ducks are a great spot bet on the rest of Pac-12 play. Like, it, it feels like the market sort of jumped the gun on where they're priced. I mean, so Ken Palm having this three rights so up to six and a half. Like, this kind of goes back to the um, uh, God, what was that game we talked about yesterday? Words. I just feel like the market went too far too quickly. And yes, I I agree with what they're looking at. I, I think Oregon's the right play here, the right spot, Jim. But I don't think they're good enough to justify laying six and a half. Like, I don't think they're they still have more work to do. The, to, then to being the kind of finished product that we all thought maybe preseason with all this talent.
2: Yep, they they definitely are trending up uh, some actual consistency from them a little bit, which is really the thing we were searching for. We knew they had high ceiling, uh, but they were just kind of up and down a lot. And maybe that had something to do with the, the personnel absences and not really being close to full strength for a while, which they're much more nearby now. Uh, Boyle is 13 and 10 against uh, Altman against oh. the spread. Covering by three points a game. So, like when he covers, it seems like he covers a lot. I mean, that's 23 games. You got a decent sample on that, but it's only 13 and 10, Kai. It's not some super dominant split where you have to really ride with him. I'm just curious if Colorado's defense is for real. You, yeah. you pointed this out to us, Kai, since January 1st, how ridiculously dominant they've been on that yeah. end. Number one, I'm hesitant to buy it. I feel like it's more, uh, we're going to see some aggression come, and Oregon's the best offense in the league for Ken Palm. So, um, stay away from me here. I, there just wasn't enough strong on either side to back one.
1: Yeah. Colorado's been the best defense in the country since January 1st, small per Bart Torvik. Uh, small sample for sure, six games. But Oregon's offense, surprisingly, I did not know this best in the Pac 12 this season. Pac 12's offenses have been pretty bad. Um, Colorado's offense probably can't exploit the Ducks' poor defense, but man, six and a half points. These teams are probably even right now. Oregon should be better. They're way more talented, but you're telling me Oregon's three uh, three points better on a neutral? I don't know if I believe that right now. I, I really don't. I probably lean towards Colorado in, in this game. Spot favors Oregon. Talent favors Oregon. I don't know. They're a weird team. More Pac-12. Uh, Arizona State at Washington. The uh, Sun Devils are laying two and a half on the road, and Jim, they just failed to get a win hosting the L.A. School's even though they led UCLA by about 30 minutes, they're still six and three in the Pac-12. They're in earshot of the tournament.
2: You can't lose to Washington here, do they? Do they pull off the cover? Eh, I, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not super enthused about it. Uh, Washington's covered four of the last five against Arizona State. I, I don't love ASU as a zone offense. I think they're a fairly ISO heavy, even with their roster tilted a little bit more towards the front court right now. I think there's a lot of Cambridge, both guys trying to get in the lane. Frankie Collins doing the same thing would be tougher against a two, three. And I think it's shown that in, in historical matchups. So Matt, I don't have a super strong taking the side, but what has stood out to me uh, four uh, excuse me, five of the last six between these two have gone over and six straight Arizona state games have gone over this season, nine of the last 10, they've been like an over juggernaut after early season. I think uh, some of the data skewed them way, way too good defensively. And we're starting to see that come back up. So I actually like the over Matthias, even though I'm typically, typically an under guy.
3: Yeah, I've been bet up to 143, open 139. So it seems like some fellow sharps are picking up what you're putting down. I kind of like Washington. I, I bet Washington last game against uh, Utah, and I forgot a pretty key component to what well, they're kind of a young team. They're playing two freshmen, pretty major minutes. Like it's Keon Brooks, the, the two freshmen who are starting to emerge, and there a bunch of other like solid transfers. And they were playing really well up until that point. I just think that young team on the road and altitude, mountain trip, it's probably foolish to try and back and then. I still think they're like a good, subtly better than you think type of bet on. Um, and against Arizona State, who I think you can take them out of their rhythm offensively with zone. Um, I kind of like Washington here. I do. I think they cover this at home against the money, Kai. Two and a half now.
1: Yeah. I, I do think, uh, in theory, Washington's zone can work against Arizona State because these guards love to shoot. It's kind of like Syracuse, North Carolina. You dare Cambridge, Horn, Collins, Neal to shoot. And boy, will they oblige. Even if it's a poor look, baby, that ball is going up. So if ASU is cold, Washington can absolutely hang, win this game. But their offense has been atrocious on the other end. And Arizona State's defense, man, when it's locked down, it is locked down. They are so athletic. They're so quick. They're going to force turnovers. They're going to dominate the inside. I lean towards ASU minus two and a half here, actually. So that's the way I'm, I'm heading with this game, fellas. In the whack, we got a major battle between Utah Valley and Southern Utah. Utah Valley, Matthew, is in sole possession of second place. The Thunderbirds are trying to tie them with a win here. Interestingly, these teams have only played three games when the games were lined. Southern Utah is 3-0, straight up. Utah Valley, 2-1 against the spread. Who do you like in this one? One One-and-a-half points separate these teams. Uh, Southern Utah favored by one-and-a-half at home.
3: Yeah, I wrote down Utah Valley last night. I'm still tempted to take him because the money's pushed it toward Southern Utah. They used to play every year, non-conference, now they're the same conference, so I think there's a little bit of familiarity here with the, both teams, and at least to travel, it's kind of why I like Utah Valley, just think they're an awesome team, I know Southern Utah's been terrific as well, but I think Utah Valley is the more complete team, I think they've proven that they're the better team throughout the course of the year, where the Thunderbird shim, it seems like they've just caught thunder in a bot, lightning in a bottle, th- whatever, you know what I mean, um, I like recently, thunder in, thunder in a bottle, doesn't really make sense, I guess, it's kind of abstract, but you get the idea. I'm going to wait maybe two shows, maybe three shows, and I'm going to back my Wolverines, the dancing Mark Madsons on the road. There you
2: go. Good there dancing. you go. Um, I kind of like Southern Utah here. I- I've been too low on them for a lot of the season. I thought they lost too much guard play last season, uh, Without, but Tavion but Jones has been so good, it almost hasn't mattered, Kai. I've been really impressed with them. Yep. They have burned me a few times. Utah Valley's guards are better than last year too, with Woodbury back, having missed almost the entire season last year. But Bendego, Bendego, I think that's Aziz
3: Bendego, yeah, whatever. I yep. think
2: that's how they pronounce it when I watched. Uh, has given them a really, really solid Amac replacement. He dominates the glass just like Amac did. So it's tough to uh, really anticipate Southern Utah having a lot of success in the paint. But I just like the guard advantage. This strikes me as a game that gets up and down. At Southern Utah, they tend to have frenetic type of transitioning games at home. Lean towards Southern Utah playing a little bit more of their style. Yeah, Utah Valley's on a tear, man. They're very good. They're very well coached. It's the
1: best Utah Valley team in the Ken Palm era currently. Better than the Pope teams. Better than the AMAC teams. That's very surprising to me, uh, at least from the preseason lens here. And their defense is really good. Southern Utah scores by attacking, getting to the lane. And Utah Valley's got the best conference two-point percentage field goal defense. Also, they're seventh in the country in field goal percentage allowed at the rim per hoop math. I think that's important. Although Southern Utah probably has the athleticism edge. They're definitely more experienced. they definitely have a strong home court. I think Utah's about Utah Valley is a better team right now. Better coached one and a half is a fair line. I'm going to throw my hands up and move on. And we go to our last game on the outline. It is UC Santa Barbara, AKA Santa Babs at Hawaii. Matt's Bose, Jim Hawaii is laying just a point, essentially a pick here. Nobody's talking about Babs, and I'm angry about it. They're 7-1 in the big left. They're 16-3 so and 3 overall. Lame. They, they're going to make the dance again. Paschnack has in the top 100. It's the fourth time in 26 years they've been in the top 100 in Kenpom. Heck, they're a good team,
2: Jim. Who do you like tonight? Yeah, why, why is it lame to love them, man? They are 135th in Kenpom last year, and they replaced their only missing starter with a double-double guy from Cal, like actually good player from Cal. They're
3: not as likable as my bows. That's all I'm saying. To take him against my bows in this spot, I mean, come on, just disrespectful. disrespectful. I'll take the
2: better team. And historically, Hawaii's home court advantage is not as strong as like you just think, oh, traveling to the islands. Yeah, no, I agree. It's It's overplayed generally. Um, Statistically, Ken Palm has it as like middling in the country. It's really not that good. I kind of like UCSB here, Matthew. I just think they're better. They're comfortable and they grind it out game that hawaii is going to try to make it with that saint mary's-esque system really slow to a call and a half court and i'll just take the slightly better team i, I know that's mean for you to say about your or for me to say about your bows but i'm a gaucho tonight
3: i think they have the better team um i think the price is about right so i didn't i didn't take it i'm just gonna root for my bows sit back put my feet up here uh it, it is worth noting though i Hawaii is a pretty good matchup for UCSB. Like they can kind of shut off their interior scoring uh, with Kelly and some of the size I have up front. But I do think UCSB's guards are better. Like I love my guy Coleman and I have but UCSB just has better guards, more dynamic. And Josh Pierre-Lewis can be like a defensive glove type of guy you can throw on Coleman. Take away Coleman and Hawaii's offense gets really stuck in the mud. Um, It's like exceedingly reliant on execution. Just not a lot of dribble dynamism on that roster. So um, as much as I'm going to root for my bows, I, I think there is a sharper angle, you guys are right, to the UCSB side here.
1: Is the total too obvious? Is the under the way to go? It's the top two defenses in the Big West. Uh,
3: I've been seeing some over
1: chatter in the uh, the mob. Yep. They're both, I mean, they're tough. Defense. Hawaii's really good defensively. They're not great offensively. Boy, they're tough to score against inside. They're very athletic. I don't really see Hawaii scoring the other than either. The, the, this Barber team, man, is so talented. Mitchell's probably the best player in the conference. And then Kelly and Norris might be the best front court duo in the conference. they they overwhelmed. I even, I even mentioned Matt's boy, JPL. Uh, best part in
3: the conference, JPL. The team is the no most doubt. talented
1: team in the Big West. Uh, I, I kind of lean towards the under. I think efficiency is going to be really low. I actually kind of lean towards Hawaii on their home turf. I'll be honest, Matthew. Do your
2: way. It's one point spread. Pick them. But you. I did not play
1: it. And I like Babs overall.
2: Interesting matchup thing there, Kai. You mentioned how good Hawaii's interior defense is. They're also the best in the country at running you off the three-point line. So they like really funnel you to those big guys. But UCSB isn't a three-point shooting team. No, I think they're kind of comfortable just barraging the rim and maybe slightly out-athleting the guys like HEPA and Da Silva inside. All righty. Let's go, Chat Mob. Part two. Part two. All right. Back to the whack. Start there. Grand Canyon at Abilene Christian. Right now, the spread is Grand Canyon, minus two and a half. Matt, I'm going to you for this one. Abilene's been kind of a, a, a bust yeah. for me this year, disappointing. Uh, what, what do you feel here?
3: This and Utah Valley were the two games I wrote down I didn't officially um, bet. I liked Abilene Christian just at the opener, got bet down to three. That's all I needed to stay away because a lot of the Abilene underlying stuff is really annoying. They still foul way too much. Um, they're out of, you know, undisciplined defensively, not like as disruptive and offensively. The guards they have just don't have that same skill and, and, um, just firepower, I guess, as the guards that they had under goaling and the first year entertainer. So I don't know. I looked at this ACU team and like, you know what? I may have overreacted to them. I know GCU guys without blackshear, probably a good spot to back ACU, but I passed.
2: Yeah. ACU's really good teams under goaling also had a seven footer, like dominating yeah. the paint. This yeah, one plays Simmons sure. at the five, and they get gashed at the two-point uh, two yeah, percentage. Them this year. And
3: Pleasant's Pleasant's yeah. played a lot more and been better, but they, they're still a work in progress. It didn't. It, I don't like it. Yep.
2: Uh, all right, Kai. Monmouth at UNC Wilmington. Um, a good team hosting a really, really bad one, but in league play, is this number just a little bit too high? Last I saw it was 17. It is currently down 16. 16, 16 and a half. Yep.
1: Monmouth's taking money. Hilarious. Uh, I have pretty much stopped betting – over 15 point favorites haven't been good at him. There's a lot of variance that occurs in those type of games. However, I think Wilmington should absolutely smash Monmouth. Um, they've been brutal on the road and Wilmington can absolutely blow teams out. So I lean their way.
2: All right, Kai, going right back to you for another a Sun game, Florida Gulf coast at Queens, Queens has been a bit of a darling. Yeah. Gulf Coast has been really, really bad lately. Yeah, been, Queens laying two points. Do we just mm-hmm. kind of keep riding a good team against a team that's in horrendous form? Yeah, I can't really figure out why Gulf Coast has
1: been more than <laughs> last, last several games in conference play, really, the entire conference play. And Queens is a really well-coached team. They're really experienced, and they shoot the ball really well. So not a not a team I'm, I'm looking to fade right now. I'd probably lean their way or stay off it, uh, entirely.
2: Yeah, our, our Mateo sometimes has some really sharp midseason. This team's going to win this mid-major conference, see Seattle last year, but we got a razz for saying <laughs> Gulf Coast is going to win the ASUN.
3: What the heck happened? This team's going to be a good bet at some <laughs> point. That's this line's awesome. insane. I know they've been terrible. I think this line's insane. I didn't bet it because Gulf Coast has been so bad I can't figure it out, but I think it's an insane line.
2: Queens uh, is really Matt,
3: yeah, I know they're go good, ahead. but Gulf Coast is too good, Jim.
2: Uh, we're we're, we're going to stick. We're gonna, uh, we'll go to CUSA. A couple C CUSA questions here. Charlotte is at Rice. Current spread on that one right now, as I misspelled Picky. the word, Charlotte. One. One yeah, pick Rice minus one, run pick. Um, two teams that play very differently in terms of tempo especially. What's your take here? Uh,
3: I don't know. I don't know if I want to back Rice a week after the huge, huge win at North Texas. Feels like a very let down dud type spot here. Um, and Charlotte's kind of a unique type of team to prepare for i guess you have a week off that's good but i still worry about the letdown spot here so i didn't i was wanting to take
2: rice but the spots concerned me yeah Uh, also a fun game two awesome passing big men in that game both sides yeah Yeah.
1: sorry what nope i I had something i don't anymore nope
2: oh where'd
1: it go i think i can shred rice's defense that's that's what my point was gonna be i don't disagree with that i think they're gonna crush them like with cuts and stuff yeah
2: All right, Kai, from Ryan and North Florida minus two and a half, minus three or so at Central Arkansas. Another one here in the A-Sun. Are we starting to see a a good North Florida team emerge? Is that? that I hope so. They should be
1: good. They should be a contender in this league. They brought back everybody from last year, except one guy who wasn't, frankly, that important. Central Arkansas. Again, another one of these teams you cannot find information on. Cameron Hunter missed last game. He is their best player by a mile. Without him, they're terrible. If he's out again, it's North Florida for sure. I even like them a little bit with him in, though two and a half is getting a little bit high.
3: Yeah, Churchill bounds also out last game, Kai. Absolute critical piece during that, that rotation, he... so got to check on him. Yeah, he hasn't played great. at all. <laughs> yeah,
2: <I don't laughs> know, not I'm not sure anything. that's a super relevant one. Uh, they
3: do missing I'm just, I'm, guys. I'm they mad at Kai because and as well. they're, they're, actually, they're kind of a unit right now. I'm just still mad at Kai because I've traveled on North Florida a few times and they've just sucked,
2: so I'm just kind of bitter about that. They
1: don't play defense, unfortunately. That's
2: yeah, They never tough. play
3: defense. Yeah.
2: All right, from Matt Acres, I'm taking this one. Stop me, guys, if you really disagree, but UC Irvine minus three at Fullerton. I am full full systems go on Irvine. I love Irvine there.
3: It's cheap. Yep. I agree. It's cheap. I worry about the <laughs> it was, uh
2: it was one, wasn't
1: it? Open at one. I was like I still think it's cheap. I, don't I think
3: I was it's saying, cheap. I'm with you.
1: All over Irvine at
2: one, not three. Yeah, okay. I, I don't do like Irvine
3: without Ben, but still think it's cheap. Yep. yep.
2: All right. Matthew from red R slash Ed Redman. Having a nice snow day at home. Shout out to that. Troy oh, at... The Cajuns, Cajuns lay in five against Troy. Scotty Cross is an underdog. I don't really love fading that right. situation.
3: No, you could argue cheap, I guess, talent-wise, but Troy defies all sort of logic with like personnel-based analysis. So I I kind of lean Troy, actually. I just feel like it's a team that uh you can bother with pressury good defense, Lafayette, and Troy has like the best version of that. So I kind of like Troy just in a gut.
2: All right. Jay Letterman's got two OVC totals, but before we hit that, Kai. Yes. Curious if you have a take on what to do here. Green Bay just fired Will Ryan. And now Matt brought's asking about Northern Kentucky at Green Bay side or total. He specifically asked about the total for me. It's a, I don't know what Freddie Owens is going to do taking over. He yeah. is a former bull Ryan player. So I would imagine slow swing type stuff, but I just don't know enough to be certain on what Green Bay is going to do. You know what I'm going
1: to do? I'm going to trust the initial gut of our, our local chatters here. Uh, Taylor in the chat, an NKU guy. He said his team should not be favored by 17 over anybody.
3: I kind of agree. I think you play the angle that works in college football. You bet the team at the interim head coach. I hundred percent like that angle. Yes. I
2: I did not bet this game.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I didn't.
2: I kind of like the under two NKU slow zone. It's going to muck the game. It's going to be weird. I I doubt they're ready to play a great zone offense. All right. The two Jay Letterman OVC overs Matt. Uh, actually, one's an under. Lindenwood at UT Martin. Do you like the over 145 and a half?
3: I think I do. Uh, I'm not quite sure how much Utah, UT Martin excuse me, is pressing. Um, I've watched them a couple of times. They they do press um, selectively if they press a lot this game, which they should against Lindenwood's ball handling, which isn't that great, to be honest. I think it's probably an up tempo game. So I can see an over angle there, I guess, as I talk through it.
2: Uh, actually, I'm an idiot. The other game is not an OVC Ooh. game. So I apologize. Kai, it's an A Sun game, which is good oh, for cool. you. Jacksonville at North Alabama, total of one twenty nine. It's been bet down pretty hard. Um, yeah, but I agree with it. I think Jacksonville is back to throttling teams into their style. I'm on the under, Jim. I'm on the under. Oh, uh, what'd you get it at?
1: I'm curious. I can't remember.
2: <laughs> okay, probably better than one
1: twenty nine. <laughs> I would imagine. Yeah, I think it's better uh, but, than one twenty nine. Yeah, they can really muck games up. And U and A plays fast, but I think last year these two these games played super slow, super super slow. Yep, Jacksonville's better. Bet
3: Jacksonville. 80 sorry i just hit me jim you're right. this line's way too short this is like as i feel like we go through the show one game a day kind of pops out it's like oh yeah that line's way just weird There's, they're one Jacks of those teams better.
1: that was really good last year matt like south dakota state that has not been playing that great this year and i just can't because know, they've been so.
3: injured and now they're getting healthier and then sure
1: improve. omar Payne missed
2: last game which they covered oh i thought know. he was back they're, they keep having guys in and out of their lineup and all the their big
3: guys ahead. are in and out yeah
2: yeah. Uh, but yeah, Kai, to your point, 61 possessions when they played last year, the one game really, yep. really slow. Yep. All right. Three more. And then we have a sneak look ahead question about tomorrow that I think is worth asking because the guy's going to be at the game. Uh, all right, Matt from Ray Reyes, middle Tennessee plus nine at Florida Atlantic. Do the owls keep rolling? They're back home. They're deadly. Middle Tennessee is a no bet team for me. What do you got?
3: I like middle Tennessee. I do. I'm not going to bet it because I don't like to fade FAU, but FAU had that little mini lull before they impressed us with the North Texas sweep and the UTEP game. Um, you know, some teams caught him at home napping a little bit in the second half, made some runs on him. I think middle Tennessee is a team that plays hard and they get up for this game. I think they cover nine, but don't fade FAU. Move on. There's better things to invest your money in
2: uh kai john hudak asked about utah tech at tarleton i believe you brought up tarleton's home road splits in our yeah. chat do you happen to remember those or, or at least directionally what they were they are stark tarleton is
1: undefeated at home against the spread this year i think it's like four oh and one on the road it's like oh and seven uh on the road it is two and seven no. on the road four 0 oh at home sorry uh they're also getting healthier freddie hicks is back He's playing more minutes. I like Tarleton
2: a lot in this game. I do too. It makes sense. A team that is hyper reliant on the whistle is better yes. at home. Yep, like, yep. And their and crowd, have
3: they have a good home crowd that like probably influences. I, yeah, completely speaking, buy that.
1: Speaking of whistle, Utah Tech number one in the country in free throw attempt rate. I think
2: Tarleton's number two. So this game's going to be just foul, 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 foul. Yeah, don't bet no. a total unless you want to just be pulling your hair out after a two, two hour and 45 minute game because of whistle after whistle. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Cam uh, good for Utah. Yeah. Team, so.
3: Yep. That's was a pretty stupid bet for me. New Mexico state comes back and scores 17 and 20 minutes. Hyper efficient.
2: All right. Last one from Scott H we're staying in the beehive with at least one of these teams, Utah at Oregon state, your Beavers catching seven and a half, catching a touchdown at home here. One last pack 12 game. What do you got?
3: Yeah. You could see Oregon state mucking this up, but you know, they've, you can't bet Oregon State for a full 40 minutes. Like They will eventually crack. I um, did that against Stanford. They just don't have talent this year. Like It's young, three-star caliber talent. They play hard. I think Tingle's a good coach, um, but but I'm not laying them. I'm not sorry. I'm not taking the points with them here against Utah. All
2: right, Kai, real quick. Slew at Davidson tomorrow. Uh, we've got a, a chat mob or boots on the ground. Any quick initial just gut thoughts? Where's it at? At Davidson. Slew. I don't know. Yeah, I no Davidson's. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. We
1: we're there. missing Portland LMU. We have not talked about that game. We pilots, have no opinion. A lot of questions. Pilots, pilots, pilots as well. The healthier they lost by twenty in the first game. Moses Wood was out. He he matters quite a bit. I like the I like Portland
3: LMU. Just be Gonzaga. I think they're really hyped for this game? They won't give a flying f about this game. <laughs> they won't care at all oh, about
2: this game. Maybe a little bit. Yeah, uh, and Ray had a question. Boots on the ground tomorrow. I like New Mexico against the Air Troops. I always love the Air Troops, but they're kind of hurting that really unimpressive performance at San Jose State uh, who is down there big man. All right. That's it for chat mob best bets. I'll lead us off real quick. Omaha UMKC under 133. That's my best bet. Omaha has been a pain for me. They're just a team. I keep waiting to have a little bit of defensive three-point regression. Teams are shooting 43% against them from beyond the arc in league play. I'm almost positive tempo is going to be nice for this like 63 possessions or something. Just got to avoid shooting over the weekend. South Dakota State, or South Dakota, excuse me, made a bunch of threes, stubbornly going back to the well. Under 133, Omaha, UMKC. Kai, to you. Love it. I'm doing a total as well.
1: I'm doing the obvious total, the one that everyone has probably been looking at all day and wondering, should I take that over? Yes, I'm going to. San Diego Pepperdine over 161. Game one was 78 possessions and 181 points. No reason to think the pace is any different in this game. And no reason to think either team has learned how to play defense. I think both teams are going to score, score, score. High tempo game. They're also two of the best over teams in the country. San Diego fifteen and four to the over this year with a plus eleven cover margin. Pepperdine thirteen and six plus four cover margin. I like it even at one sixty one. It is like four points higher than the closer of last game, which right is usually not a great bet to do that. Um, but I just think it's going to be close to eighty possessions and, and tons of efficiency.
3: So yeah, I usually. like I like the handicap from that angle too, Kai. I think actually there was some money on the under, probably looking at something similar, but I'm, I'm with you. I just, the game went to 190 last, I think it's going to go to 190 again tonight. Um, my best bet.
2: Two slow games in a row. I, I think they're going to like want to run again. Get out
3: of the, America. yeah, get out of the shackles. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I said earlier, Michigan plus five, I would like Jed Howard to play, of course, but I don't think he is, um, he's critical to this handicap. It's more about the spot, more about the price. Um, the, the matchup here, I think it's just a vintage home dog spot. Give me the Wolverines plus five with the Chrysler.
2: Matt, Love do you it. recommend people wait and hope for a better? I was number just gonna say, I,
3: I think if he's announced out, you might get an extra half point or a point. It seems like people are straddling the market. I'm like,
2: I bet you get more than a point. If
3: he's out. You get more than a point. I guess I'm, my theory is that people are hedging their bets with the current number, like his potential to miss is already kind of baked in. So I don't think you'll get some like massive swing of the line. Um, I, I just take five now if he's in. It's definitely going to drop, right? Or do you think it stays at five? No, I think it'll, it drops be, it'll for sure. Right I drop. three if he's in. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so. But I don't think he plays. So that's just my gut. That's all I have. I agree. Hey,
1: hit the like button on the way out, if you don't mind. Please, for us. Thank you so much. We will be back on Saturday. Saturday, 10.15 a.m. Central Standard Time to talk about the 148 game slate. It is Saturday. 148 again? <laughs> 10 games tomorrow, 148 on Saturday. Thanks, scheduling. Makes a lot of sense. All right. Thanks, Bet Rivers. Thanks, Phil 68. We'll see you on Saturday. Good luck with your bets.